Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from the FJ, and uh, yep, it's that time again, yippee! We have another podcast recording day, and for that I have my dear friend uh, Stefan on the other side of this Zoom call. Hey Stefan! Hello Rick, nice to be back here with hey, you, uh, yeah. coming coming back from a week of vacation, so very nice to be back, and what better way to to get your graph mind up and running than to hang out with you here in this lovely podcast. I hope so too. You know, uh, thanks for being here and I uh, hope you had a good holiday. And, uh, you know, it's been two months, Stefan, so we really need to get our act together. It's been Holy a very crap. busy couple of months, but uh, we, uh, we, we tried to do these things once a month, but that didn't work in February. Uh, and so we've got a lot, of to, lot to talk about, actually. Um, yeah. And... Uh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll just uh, kind of frame it for you. I, I went through all of the uh, uh, Twin4J, you know, this week in the F4J pop, yeah. um, uh, newsletters uh, over the past couple of uh, weeks, and I found some really interesting themes. Um, and maybe we can talk about those for, for a bit. There's, there's three of them. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, let's go. I, I think that uh, should be uh, super fun. Yeah. So the first one I wanted to talk about is basically use cases. I mean, we see this all the time in our, in our, in our, in our community, really, right? That there's these unbelievable, uh, interesting use cases popping up. Um, there's a couple of them that popped up in the in the newsletters. Uh, the first one yeah. is actually dear to my heart. It's uh, something that I started working on back in 2012 when I first joined the FJ. It's uh, protein interaction networks. Have you have you taken a look at that one? Yeah, that was uh, an amazing one. Uh, or uh, as always with uh, those kind of uh, things, uh, when, when uh, this is written by Thomas, right? So I started reading the article, uh, but then halfway through the article, I was like, oh, but I better just try it out. Uh, that's how I learn. So I ended up running this and, you know, um, it, it is like so neat that this is in, in some sort of way so accessible i think uh, for me that is uh, super cool uh, in that so i i find it extremely interesting and uh, also because of the simplicity of of it and how complex it is even yeah, if it's yeah. just such a simple thing as a protein that interacts with another protein basically uh, at the foundation and still amazing i think it's kind of mind-boggling in that sense you know, a little so. story from my side, you know, they, when I first uh, started working with Neo4j, we, we did some work with the University of Ghent here in Belgium, and they were working on something called metaproteomics, which is exactly this, you know, interactions of proteins. And uh, they, struck a, stu uh, they struck a nerve with me because one of their uh, most important customers, research customers, was, of course, drumroll, a brewery. <laughs> Ah, uh, of course. I was wondering, like, where is this going to go? Yes. There it was. Brewery time there again. It yeah, there it, it was a beer brewery. And they, they were basically saying, you know, if uh, yeasts that are being added to uh, brewing uh, um, systems, they create these protein interactions. And if, they, ah. if, if you better manage those protein intera interactions, you can actually influence the brewing and the taste of the brews, the brew uh, by, by doing so. That. So that was an interesting one. Uh, I had a good time exploring that. Uh, and there was another one, Stefan, around uh, uh, asset management. Uh, this is a very uh, well-known one as well, right? Uh, things like configuration management databases, uh, building information management, you know, 
it's all it's all about managing assets, isn't it? Uh, it's a it's a very network problem. Yeah, yeah, and also this is one of the use cases that uh, seems to pop up more and more often in um, customer or prospect uh, interactions. Uh, yeah. I think so. I think that's uh, it's going to be very helpful for people. So uh, go check it out if you are interested in that. Uh, I think uh, that that would be very neat uh, to do that. But I know you want to skip to you know the third one that we had. Uh, yeah, the big one. This is what I'm kind of <laughs> waiting for. Like, how, how how can we get to this point faster? Yeah. How <laughs> can we get to that third point faster? Which is of course the the use case of uh, of of getting to Mars and 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 NASA. It was all over the news in the past couple of weeks, obviously. But uh, yeah, that story of uh, how how you know David Mesa from NASA. You know, he's the he's the how do you call it chief knowledge management uh, architect or something like that yeah. of NASA, and he uh, he yeah. he worked on that uh, lessons learned database in the FJ. Super cool, right? It's so good, good. Yeah, it's 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 super good. I think the use case is good. Uh, the interview is also great. Uh, uh, David is also very relaxed. I think also Ashley or. Uh, what is the name of the girl interviewing is also doing a great job. It's very good chemistry in there. Uh, really enjoyed it. And again, of course, anyone that was dreaming about going to space as a kid, imagine working with such a thing. I mean, it, it can't get better. Uh, this is the, the moment when you go to work and you go like, holy crap, I'm so proud now. Uh, but I think it's like an interesting thing on how much it actually speed up time for them right how much it save uh, not only time in that sense but also taxpayers money right i think uh, that's what i keep coming back to in in talking about use cases so you can do a lot of things with a lot of technologies right so very often it's like people ask me how can i use neo right uh, but then i say you can do it for this but you can of course do it this with your old technology in theory however mm. if that theory takes you two years, maybe you can't really do it in practice. So I keep coming back to that, to think about that. And I think uh, this is such a good showcase on that. It's it's a great uh, YouTube uh, uh, clip here. So for those that have a hard time reading or just want to listen while I was saying commuting to work, apparently commuting to your working room should be better now uh, in these times. But I really enjoyed it. Uh, happy to see it. So yeah, hope you like it cool. as well. It was super nice. Um, and there's another, I mean, like theme to the the um, uh, the newsletters uh, in the past couple of months. I, I've seen so many, uh, you know, it's kind of like a use case, but it's also a technology foundation of um, people that are using graphs in combination with uh, natural language processing. Right? Yeah. I, I saw a number of posts from um, from Jesus, you know, our colleague who, who was talking about the RDF related work, uh, WordNet, you know, those types of things. But there's also like people that are doing like really interesting work on extracting new knowledge from existing documents, right? Um, yeah. Did you, did you, were you able to, uh, to make any sense of that? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's like, this is also one of those kind of super untapped, and I think it's also a perfect bridge from NASA, right? Because literally that was what they were doing. They had the answers, they just yes. couldn't see it, right? So it's a classical, you can't see the forest because of all the trees, right? 
So I think that is a really interesting. And I think uh, also there's a great post about, uh, I think it was called From Text to Knowledge, the Information Extraction Pipeline or something. Uh, yep. Basically, uh, where Thomas then explained why he see a combination of NLP and graphs as one path to explainable AI, right? And I think this is also one of those topics that are uh, super important uh, from a lot of things uh, uh, to kind of understand, but also compliance and, and, and a lot of things, right? So I think uh, this is also one of those kind of uh, areas, use cases, or whatever you want to call it, uh, that literally uh, exploding on all different kind of uh, verticals, you may almost uh, use as a word there. But yeah, yeah. I think that well, it's again, been, it's been very popular in, 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 in domains where there's a lot of documentation, right? So, you know, academics, uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, uh, patents, uh, legal texts, you know, all those things have been really, uh, yeah. you know, a, a great a great showcase for this type of work, I think. Yeah, no, but uh, there, as you're saying, uh, I, can, I can see anything from academia, patent, I, I mean, I don't know how many of these kind of uh, works that we have done with prospects and really kind of tapping into this kind of um, super kind of deep knowledge, but you can't see the new perspective because it is just a lot of deep silos, right? Uh, so in that sense, uh, it's uh, super graphy and I think it's, when people start to see it, this is also where they get like so excited. So we're like almost like screaming, take my money. And I was like, calm down, <laughs> behave good. What is it that you thinking of answering or what is the thing that would help you, right? It doesn't have to be the money query, but just don't throw technology at the problem. Uh, mm. uh, so be mindful of what you want. Uh, I mean, we can see it a lot. I think one of the interesting parts is also like, uh, um, uh, looking upon the entire web, like scraping information and making sense of it and treating that as a kind of a knowledge graph mm -hmm. itself. Uh, it's also one of uh, a neat couple of projects that I'm working on personally. Uh, so there's a lot of funny things to do with uh, with uh, NLP and, and knowledge graph in combination, I think. Yeah, totally. Well, and, and it's um, what strikes me there, and this is a perfect segue to our third theme, um, what strikes me is that you know it's becoming so much easier to do this, yeah. right? So uh, uh, NLP, you know, a couple of years ago that was just so exotic and difficult to use and difficult to, you know, you basically had to have some kind of a computer science degree or a PhD to be able to use it. But these days, the tools that we have to 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 implement some of these techniques are, are super accessible. I mean, like I even a you know a lost sales guy like me can use it. You know what I mean? It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty usable. You know, even in 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 its basic form. So I wanted to talk about some of the really interesting tools that we see uh, emerging in our community. Um, the one that I was so happy about uh, to finally see it like fully released is the Arrows app. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think you've used it for a long time already when it was still in a alpha or beta stage. <laughs> exactly. It's actually been released. Uh, Alistair Jones's uh, pet project is now finally out there in the wild. Um, great tool, right? I mean, great. Yeah. yeah. No, but I think it's like, um... I think it's a, it's so useful in so many ways, of course, for graph modeling, where it was intended, yeah. right? Uh, 
Uh, and I have a couple of memories working with a lot of sea uh, level people, uh, trying to help them understand the power of uh, connected data and so on. So they're not going to write any code, but uh, what we tend to do is do some modeling practices and basic cipher. And for that, I use arrows. And one of the constant feedback that I get because of the simplicity of the tool and how it naturally kind of lends your thinking to this kind of graph thinking idea is that every mm. single one of these sessions, uh, these uh, CEOs, COOs uh, coming back to me like, oh, this is a really good way of thinking of the business, the different domain and how it's connected. It has given me tons of new ideas. So in that sense, that kind of double down as a ideation kind of tool almost, uh, if it makes yep. sense. But I think that's such a cool kind of thing, right? If you're going to build an app or if you have a business logic or anything that really helps you to kind of map it out in that sense. Uh, so it's also kind of neat to see that and, and to see those people also stepping into the graph arena. Yep. Uh, but, yeah. So. yeah, so Arrows is one of those uh, really amazing tools, but there's other things that are coming up, right? Uh, we've all known about the grand stack, uh, you know, the development framework uh, that's been around for quite some time new release for that and new, new features capabilities there and some examples also for people to uh, to uh, yeah. to use and to abuse I would say um, use and abuse that's a perfect abuse, way to yeah. do it <laughs> just dive then, in there and try and then well, another one that I wanted to mention was uh, you know I've uh, uh, really enjoyed using this um, this tool that Niels created uh, called yeah. Neo Dash it's a it's a graph app. Uh, it plugs into the Neo4j browser and allows you to put together like dashboards on top of Neo4j. Uh, yeah. Really, no code development, you know that type of thing. Super easy to use. Um, I was very impressed by that. On you know how accessible yeah. it's made it. And I think that's like such such a great part because I think uh, just the ability to do something without that no code of course that is uh, uh, in in the topic with uh, the cloud at itself one of those kind of things that you can really see how how accessible these are but seeing like people uh, with no previous knowledge uh, just trying and fibbling around that they kind of stumble upon the solution almost uh, that simple uh, I think uh, the Neo kind of dash is such a great uh, a great kind of application for for just exploring or visualizing uh, visualizing uh, the data that you have in the graph that you normally would not use. So uh, we tend to try it out with a lot of uh, uh, of the non-technical people uh, when we work, and it works like a charm every single time. Uh, there's literally almost like no starting kind of um, uh, to get get started. So. Uh, I again encourage you, as as with all articles, uh, use and abuse, right? Dive in, yeah. try around, because actually you're gonna get kind of far uh, by just doing that. And I think that is, uh, I think, uh, a common theme for all of these. Like you can really see how this whole paradigm of connected data is changing, uh, which is of course super cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, so many other things to talk about. What we'll do is, you know, when we get to the, the blog post uh, created together with this uh, 
this recording will also put all the links to the uh, the amazing uh, uh, Twin4j uh, newsletter letter items and the blog posts and everything uh, all together and then people can uh, have, a, have a look have a, have a play use and abuse and um, that should set yeah. them uh, on their path for more more even more graph adoption right so that that's even that's more graph idea. adoption yeah and i also going to squeeze in the last one uh, because we okay. also had the gds uh, 1.5 release right and there's a great uh, piece on it from amy and alicia two of uh, my most inspiring colleagues uh, th they have taught me a lot of things uh, and super nice uh, as well uh, so it's about the new supervised machine learning workflows in neo4j uh, so imagine that being even accessible to just try it this is like i can't even think of this if if I, if I would have guessed this for for five years ago i would like nah that's not gonna happen impossible. Yeah, exactly. it, that's impossible you can't do that on your computer at home in your sofa but i think that's like so cool so that's a great article uh, by amy and alicia go go check it out as well uh, i'm gonna push that in there but uh, we're gonna of course post the links as you said. We will, for sure. Well, Stefan, thank you so much for taking the time uh, running through this with me and uh, and, uh, and making making a little bit more sense out of it. Um, it was great talking to you. You know that we want to keep these things uh, short-ish uh, at least. So uh, we're going to wrap it up for now. And uh, I'm going to try to have this one, uh, you know, published soon and then do another one in April, right? Yes, of course. First of April, I will record it from my new podcast studio in the barn in Österlen in uh, southern Ooh. Sweden. Oh, yes. And then as long um, uh, as soon as we get to travel, uh, this is a standing invitation for you to come come join me. And also for for any of our listeners, uh, uh, bear in mind, uh, COVID restrictions has, has to be better before that. So I'm not encouraging any anti-waxing behavior here but uh, as soon as we are allowed to travel come join us and it's going to be a great talk about grass fantastic thank you stefan it was great talking to you and i'll talk to you soon likewise bye, bye.